1: Hi welcome to another episode of the well.com podcast Today we have Danea and Adam talking about different trends in the industry specifically in the female PPE area.
2: Excellent thanks for having us both. yeah thanks for having us. So uh, Danea it's Denea, uh bushcutter right? Correct yep that's and, my name and where are you at Where are you located?
0: Uh, currently in Beloit, Kansas, uh, working for North Central Kansas Technical College as a welding instructor. That's where I'm at. Nice.
2: So, so we'll get the uh, we'll get started. How did you get into welding?
0: It we all started back in high school in rural Nebraska. So huge farming community. Everyone's family had a farm. It seemed like. And I wanted to be in the FFA. Well, to be in the FFA, you had to join a culture class. And the one that was available to me at that point was like an intro to ag class. And it kind of briefly touched all the topics, you know, you could learn in school about agriculture. And one of those was welding. And at that point, I was absolutely terrified of welding. I didn't want to do it. I mean, I was pretty much forced to do it. Otherwise, I wasn't going to pass the class. And I had to come in after class to try it out, and ended up finding out that I was pretty good at it. And the upperclassman that was helping me was like, "Have you ever done this before?" I'm like, "Do you think I've done this before?" I'm terrified of it. Of course, I haven't done it before. I kept doing it in class and finding out I was really good at it. Um, competed at like district FFA welding competitions and won those, and competed at state and did very well as well. When I wanted to be a meteorologist. So I wanted to storm chase and predict and tell it wrong every day kind of thing. I job shadowed and quickly found out that was not the career that I was interested in. And so I was like, well, I enjoy welding. At one point, I was kind of thinking about it in the back of my mind. But after I job shadowed, I was like, I want this to be my career because, I mean, there are so many different options you can do in the welding industry being a meteorologist, you're pretty limited on what you can and can't do. So I like the variety I'd have with welding.
2: You started into the, hey, this bright light is kind of fun to chase around this plate. Mm-hmm. What, what was your career path then? Like, how did you go from in high school and wanting to weld to, you know, now, I guess, inspiring young minds? Yeah. So
0: actually where I teach at now is actually where I went to welding school right out of high school for nine months. So the program that I teach is nine months and completed that. And then I at that point didn't want to quite grow up. <laughs> Growing up was kind of scary um, at that point. And so I actually I went and got my associates in welding engineering technology um, from the same school that I got my welding certificate from. And that second year was like drafting, CNC and machining. So I learned how to do that had a job where I was an engineer designer so I was doing a lot of drafting because I thought I enjoyed that and after that decided to continue on with my bachelor's degree in manufacturing at state university and once I completed my bachelor's working the entire time I was going to school between being a welder fabricator I was a millwright that was, I was a millwright my last job before I started teaching, um, that was probably the most fun job I've had besides teaching was being a millwright, super high up in the air, working, you know, 200 feet in the air, uh, working on grain elevators and conveyor belt systems. It was something new every day and it challenged us. That's another thing why I enjoyed it. And with being a millwright, uh, I actually got laid off because the company I was working for, um. Went into a receivership, unfortunately, and there was an opening at the school that I taught at. And at that point, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do and uh, somehow agreed to come teach. Uh, instructors all through high school and college were always telling me, well, you should be a teacher. You should be a teacher. And I kept telling them, no, never, not, not going to do that. First, say never because teaching now. So. I surprise yeah you never know where
2: life's gonna take you true so you i mean you went from 200 feet into the air to underwater correct correct
0: i've done a little i haven't like for a job but i yeah, have
2: to try it out which is like what most yes. it's kind of like uh driving the zamboni right on an ice yeah. race. Yes. everybody wants to drive the zamboni until you get to take it for a lap from blue line to blue line and you go wow, this is worse than driving a tractor. This is so slow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but you yeah. got to try underwater welding. What, I mean, yes. what was that like? What was that experience?
0: Oh, I absolutely loved it. Um, I will say I was definitely terrified because I haven't, I hadn't done any diving or in a, any like scuba diving or any of that prior, like before that. And I've always had that goal of trying it just because everyone talks about it. And I'm like, well, I want to say I've done it. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's definitely, so one, one of the times I was trying it. So where I tried it at was in Texas and they have several different tanks that have different, um, depths. And, um, right off the bat, the second time that I was being exposed to doing it, it was the 25 foot tank. And they were warning me, like, when you get underwater, you're going to have to pop your eardrums like you do on an airplane because otherwise the pressure is going to get to you. And, in this tank they've also got like 36 inch diameter pipe sticking up from the bottom and i'm like "Well, what if i fall inside the pipe i don't know i always think of the the things that could go wrong that's just Worst case just yes that's what uh, that's what i was thinking of but no it was a lot of fun it was definitely challenging ways i know other people that have done it as well like if you've welded your entire life so far topside and you go to weld underwater it's definitely a different concept not saying that you can't learn it but it's a little bit different than you know it's like stick welding but it's underwater but you can't manipulate the puddle quite as much as you can topside. so that was definitely
2: something to get used to but it was a lot of fun okay awesome that that gave you a lot of idea of experience yes
0: welding all the time with that that job but I was the the welder on the crew so if we needed something welded I was the one to weld it so.
2: Okay did that and now does that kind of help you in the classroom like tell better stories?
0: Yes yep and then some of my other experiences so I was a production welder and a fabricator from for two other companies and so I was able to also share those experiences with my students as well.
2: Nice so so what like walk me through an average week of your class. Is it, is it the same classes or are you teaching multiple classes or? So it's
0: the same class. So I have the same class for nine months. Um, and our class runs like a job because we feel like if our students aren't prepared for, you know, a typical welding job, then we're failing them in a sense, you know? And so our class runs from seven thirty to four o'clock every day. Um, my students can't have their phones, so drug tested each semester because that's something that we feel is important because we hear from our industry partners that that's a, usually a problem teach every process of welding so like in the first semester um, we start off with stick welding um, we focus on 60 10 70, 18. we do all positions oxy fuel we do a little bit of that because we oftentimes have at least a student or two in a, in a class, you know, that wants to have their own rig and do repair welding for like the agriculture industry, since we live in rural America here. Do MIG welding, flux core, TIG welding, now we'll do pipe welding, pipe layout, blueprint reading. Um, I teach them AutoCAD just a little bit. Really well-rounded education through the class that we
2: teach nice so they the AutoCAd is that is that from your time drafting you did a lot of
0: yes yep so um I've got quite a bit of, bit of experience with AutoCAd so I kind of teach them my my ways with AutoCAd when they're here
2: that that's very helpful um yes I, I understand I I've, uh, I did a lot of AutoCAd years ago but I've kind of switched and doing more solidworks now but yeah integrate the two into the classroom yeah if you can run those two programs there's nothing you know any Cnc equipment you'll be fine on. Yes. That that really helps them kinda of understand how a blueprint got made in the first place?
0: Yes. So like we'll teach blueprint before we start into AutoCAD, because we start that right off the get go and we just, you know, get more in depth in the blueprint reading as we go on throughout the nine months. Um, and semester we introduce that and it definitely helps them better understand it once we get that introduced to them. Yeah.
2: Okay. For advancement with that, do you guys do any like cnc plasma table or water jet
0: yep we've got a cnc plasma table here um, that students are used to like make small parts or it just kind of depends on the year and what we've got going on so sometimes we'll have like little small jobs that come in for like the college or maybe someone out in the community we don't do a whole lot of community work the job we need to make a small part or they've got the option to you know make a sign or whatever yeah they definitely have that opportunity too and then having that AutoCAD helps them draw those things. Okay. Yeah. And then they get
2: to kind of show off what they were able to do and go from Yes. Finished product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna hit the elephant in the room. Being a female in the trade
0: definitely had its moments. Um, I'm especially so. I'm I'm still fairly young in the industry. I still understand that I have a lot to learn. I, I mean. I haven't, you know, had experience in every single aspect of welding. I also work with a an, an older instructor that's been around the block a few times. It's always teaching me something. Female for me, I know I've definitely had some rough moments where it's really been hard. But what's been really crazy, even in the few years that I've been in the industry, I've seen it change quite a bit. First started out, like when I was in welding school, I was the only female in my class no other female friend where i live because i live in you know rural america that was interested in welding so like none of my girlfriends had any clue you know i'd have a stressful day and i try to talk about it and they're like we have no idea what you're talking about i've even had a job where i absolutely loved so i did an internship with a construction company internship was a project manager position and i at the end i was offered like a full-time interview And I was really excited. I felt really good going into the interview. Put my whole heart and soul into the interview. Thought I went really well. And then a couple days later, I get, when I was interviewing, they asked me what position did I want? And like all summer I heard, you know, they needed structural steel and steel crew workers and all of this. And I'm like, perfect. I mean, they need those workers. I have their credentials. I've got this going for me. I know what the company is like since I've worked for them, you know, for the summer as my internship. And a couple of days after my interview, I get notified that they are not offering me a position. And that was just like a huge, huge, like let down. I think that was, that was a really like low moment because I felt really, really good about my interview. And then they're like, nope. And I get told by my manager at that point, they're like... If you would have interviewed and said you wanted to be a project manager and work in the office, you would have had a job. So that was probably one of my lowest moments of being in the industry. Nowadays, I've got a whole group of friends that live all over the country um, that are also females in the industry. And I will say social media is a thing. Um, I'm very interested in it. Probably spend way too much time on it. I'm finding so many incredible females like in the trades, in welding. Um, and some of the other interests that I have lean to be a female on the trade, definitely have like mentors and other females that you can like lean to. And if you have a bad day, you know, you can go back and, and talk with them uh, and, you know, and they're actually going to understand what the heck is going on. Whereas like most females don't necessarily know what's going on when it comes to welding, at least in my area.
2: So, uh, you know, great opportunity to, to, uh, which, which females, if any of the ladies are interested should they be following or or uh you know so
0: I've, I've got a whole like handful per workshop ladies so rachel and letty very best friends that are in phoenix arizona are ones that i always are communicating with um sierra she's also down there she's actually a welding instructor as well but oh gosh just a second i'm gonna look <laughs> I'm really terrible with names, but, like, if I see your username. On... Yeah, what's,
2: what's the at that we need to check out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if I see, like, your username on Instagram, I'm like, oh, hey, I know who you are. Instagram is Bay Barnes. She's also one of my, I like, to reach out to. Ray Ripple. I don't really get to communicate with her because she's, like, big time now because of Netflix and all of that. Looking up to her and seeing where she's at. Holmes. i've even got a picture of her next to my desk here she was my absolute idol and if darn covid wouldn't have happened i probably would have met her at FabTech. Is because that year i was supposed to go she was there well she was supposed to be there and then you know covid yeah. hit and um and then that year same year she passed away doing the favorite her thing she loved to do her which,
2: absolute favorite wasn't it yes
0: her going fast which at least she died you know loving what doing what she loved Mm. woman Syndicate from women syndicate she's another one that i came up to and reaching out to her as well welding instructor as well had a whole bunch of friends really like the weld her workshop because this past what was it march yeah march because it was my birthday uh we went down a whole group of us went down to Phoenix to help support them because they're raising money um, for their workshops. They're putting on and all of us like that are follow each other on social media got to actually meet in real life, which is really cool of those, you know, come together and be able to talk and everyone understand everyone. One would probably be Jessica from sculpted roots. She's in, where is she at? Michigan somewhere up north there. Like I said, I've got a whole bunch of ladies that I am always looking up to. Some of those ladies also look up to me as they, like, start other jobs, because two of my friends are going into education as well, leaving the industry to go to education, and so I've been helping them, you know, navigate that transition, because it's definitely way different in industry. You're going to have different challenges, I guess you could say, than being in industry, so
2: many do you have in your program at any given time?
0: Right now I have zero, unfortunately. First year I started, I had two. And this coming year, I looks like I have two or three signed up. So it kind of goes in waves. I kind of expect that being in rural Kansas, being a female in the trades is very rare. However, I will say we're a technical college at where I work. And so we teach all the trades, so construction, electric electrical, plumbing, HVAC, diesel tech, auto collision, trade skills we teach here. Say as the years have gone on, I've definitely seen an influx in females being in the um the program, so just really good to see.
2: That's that's awesome to see. And and you know, from the other side, it's nice to see females teaching. I had two female instructors working with me as well and it's very helpful to go, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And then, you know, showing, you know, the, the community and, and the, you know, the students coming in that, oh, <clears throat> you're, you're about to get showing up. You got beat by a girl. Yep. <laughs> you know, that, that classic. I've, I, I don't know if you found this, but I know that that I've had come through. And, and I'm pretty much every group of students I end up with, somewhere between one and seven women in, in our program, and so we're always running one or two or three, and it's it's nice that they've got each other to lean on because yep. it is different, and I understand it. But I acknowledge that it's different, and you've got to work twice as hard because mm-hmm. we have some some changes that need to be made with uh, some of the older folks that are some yep. of the old guys need to go and yep. make way. And be uncomfortable to say it to your mom, wife, girlfriend, or sister, you probably should keep those thoughts to yourself. Day of class, I remind all the guys if it would make you uncomfortable for your uh, your cellmate to whisper it in your ear, you want to hear it. Yep. <clears throat> um, of course you, you almost, uh, you know, as, as a female in the trade, right. You, you kind of feel like walk through the shop, you, everybody stops what they're doing and you know, stares mm-hmm. and you, you feel like the, uh, the seagulls going mine, 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 yeah. mine, mine, mine from Nemo there.
0: Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've experienced that when I was out in industry. And it's just like I would always keep to myself because I, you'd always have that one guy that always wanted to talk. Dude, I am here to do my job, not talk to you. And I'd always he'd always say, "Well, you're always stuck up and snooty and da da da, da. And it's just like, no, I'm here minding my own business, doing the job that I was told to do.
2: I'm here to get hit on the whole time I'm here, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> like I, that's not why I'm in the industry <laughs> by any means.
2: It's because I'm really good at what I do and. Now, i have, have you found uh, most of the time that the women are better at it because mm-hmm. of the hand-eye coordination, yep. the attention to detail? And probably the biggest one that I see is that, uh, well, they listen when you tell them things. Yeah. You know, the guys are always like, no, my buddy or my dad or my grandpa told me this. And it's like, You've been wrong for 30 years. Stop doing that. It's not working. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, definitely.
2: All right. Then, then with that, I have some questions specifically for you from some of the females that I have in my program. Uh-huh. Where do you get your PPE?
0: Oh, that is a tough one. That has definitely, definitely been a battle for me. I hate
2: hearing that. Danae, I hate hearing that it is tough for you to find PPE that's appropriate.
0: I, I will say I'm always trying different things. Convenient to order online, however, I am one of those. I don't necessarily want to spend money on something when I don't know how it's going to fit. And I don't want to mess with the whole return stuff. I don't know. I don't like messing with that. Um, and 90% of the time, most companies don't have any female PPE in their store. It's like, oh, we have it, but you have to order it. I'm like, that does not help me at all. Be thankful, like There is a Western store in Houston, Kansas called A4 Western Wear. And they have a plant there where all the employees are required to wear FR. And like most of the employment works at that plant that lives in that town. And so there's females that work there. And thankfully, they have a lot of female PPE. Um, but I will say a lot of it for me has been just trial and error. From the time I'm wearing men's pants because that's just the easiest to find. No, they don't fit me perfect, but they're good enough for a work pant for me. I'm wearing men's shirts because my arms are too long. So, like, most female shirts are like way too short, or they're like, they always think we've got little chicken arms, and I don't have chicken arms by any means because I am not a small human being. I don't know, it's been very difficult. I mean, I wear men's boots, but I also have like size 11 feet, which are very large for a female um, trial and error. I will say, like, my favorite pair. Of pants that I wear are usually like Ariat, some of their work pants. I haven't actually tried their FR because I'm not required to wear FR pants. I want to try some. I'm sure, I just haven't ordered it. I haven't pulled the trigger to order any yet. I'd say most of my clothing is probably Ariat. That's just the best fit I've I've found for me. It's not the like greatest, it's better. When it comes to gloves back and forth so there's a couple companies out there that actually have female gloves or are in the works of you know having female gloves it just kind of depends like my TIG gloves that I use on a daily basis are like black stallion gloves female version of their TIGsters which they're all black and they've got a velcro wrist I really like those stallions just regular TIGsters the stick welding I usually just use like men or a Tillman glove, it kind of depends. I would say I haven't nailed it down quite. I, I always get those, but um, that's just kind of where I'm at now. I, I like to try new things as well. And I mean, it seems like there's stuff coming on them out in the market, you know, for PPE and all of that. So I'm always trying new things. I will say I'm kind of weird when it comes to safety glasses. I kind of look like to look stylish. So I found like these wannabe My students are like heat wave fans. I don't know if you ever heard of heat waves, but these are like wannabe heat waves and they're like $18 on Amazon. They look pretty, pretty fly, I guess you could say, but (laughs) they haven't nailed down, I guess.
2: Haven't haven't quite figured out, you know, that, I mean, that's two big ones that you brought up there is, you know, if any, there's any weld suppliers are listening, put a section of appropriate women's clothes so they can come try stuff on
0: yeah, I mean, most most companies have women's stuff. It's just no one carries it. And you've got to order it online, which I don't like and doing.
2: You never know if it's going to fit or how it's going to fit. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is, you know, start designing. You know, anybody that's in the clothing industry, design some clothes for women that are appropriate welding apparel. And that doesn't mean pink. Yes,
0: exactly. It I don't, doesn't I mean, mean pink. I mean, I love pink, but like not every. Every single piece of women clothing needs to be pink.
2: You know, give, give you brown and black work clothes and TIG gloves and jackets that are just normal colors that doesn't need to be, you know, pink and glitter does not make it female.
0: I mean, I get size. I get where we're, we are women, but like we don't need to be. I don't know.
2: Yeah, you know, what?
0: you know what I'm going with there.
2: Well, I, I do. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot others do. I mean, yeah. I, I know that I was at, uh, I was out up at Hobart Institute for a, for a thing. And there was a, um, they had some of the Archangel gloves there, the Megan Tig gloves. Mm-hmm. And I, I took, you know, hey, give me like five sets of those so that I can give them to the girls in our program. Um, I had, uh, I got two of the Lincoln, uh, the Jesse Combs line of the Lincoln jackets in.
0: Yeah. Those are nice. And they're
2: actually fit for women. And so I've got, I've got at least two in my office for anyone to try on and make sure that it's actually going to fit. Um, pants seem to be a a real challenge where they need to be bedazzled. It needs to be a a heavy duty work pant. Yes. That'll last form fitting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, You don't like the tightest, uh, that's one thing with most female pants they are like the tightest pants you can ever find like they don't make a baggy female work pant unless you go like three sizes larger than your actual size and then your waist is three times the size it needs to be Women pants are so skin tight. I'm like when you're doing physical labor, you do not want the tightest pant and feel like you're going to rip your crotch out every time <laughs> you bend over.
2: Yeah, you don't see a lot of guys wearing skinny jeans on the job site. So exactly, <laughs> why are why are the women being forced to do that? Right, right. One that I I didn't realize was even a challenge until um, girls came in and she said she couldn't find work. She couldn't find steel-toed work boots. That's right. Just no trying to section. find a four and a half Ooh. women's work boot. That would be tough. Exactly. I I managed to find four companies that make like size six and under in women's apparel. I, I ended up putting a whole list of stuff together that was like, here's all the other companies that I'm aware of that make women's apparel. I saw in the, in the last society, like I've got the different advertisements from companies. Mm-hmm. There was um, a women's like FR style bra. Yeah. Sa- uh,
0: yeah. I know what company you're talking
2: about. Awkward conversation to have with uh with females. You're like, I'm not really sure if this is a problem for you or not. Probably it is. is. And I I don't really know how to have this conversation. To show you this advertisement, and let you know it's on the market just in case. So yep. It's weird, you know, from yep. a guy. You're like, I don't I'm sure how to have this, but I'm sure it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here, ch- check out this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so just trying to try to get some more of that. Four women would be, would be I know. I,
0: I know there's some companies out there. It's just, I, I guess I haven't tried them or I'm not aware of all of them that are out there. Like I only know like one or two that are specifically all. You know, but I, I guess I haven't pulled the trigger, I guess.
2: Maybe you can spearhead that one for, for the rest of us at weld.com. Get a, get a whole, you know, blog spot of yeah. all the women's apparel going. And
0: That's a great idea. That's a great idea.
2: You know, get, Get some support there on on the female side of the of the trade. Yeah, and,
0: and share that with others that have no idea what's what's available or even out there.
2: Yeah. Other, otherwise, everyone gets stuck in the same you know way too fluffy green jacket that the the sleeves are too long and it yeah. doesn't fit. And it's you know it's not really working. Even the uh, even the helmets. I think you know the um, a different headgear that was a little bit smaller. I know. I know that's one that I've seen a lot of is is kids. You know, kids and women's heads don't. You crank it down all the way, and then you you know wrap towels around it and try and get it to fit because it's. Yeah. The best. I guess secret. I don't
0: have that problem. I have a, I have a pretty large head. Like my beanie is like a seven and seven eighths. So, uh, I, I don't really have to worry about my headgear not tightening down all the way. It's usually if it'll loosen up enough.
2: That's all the knowledge you've got. You just. I, I know
0: it's something. All right, Zaneo. <laughs> what can we do?
2: women into
0: the trade? I'd say part of it is changing the stigma that, like, women shouldn't be in the trades. Like, we are more than capable of being in the trades. As long, I mean, as long as you're there to work hard and not necessarily try to get a guy's number, there's females out there that, you know, their main goal is just to be around all of the guys. And I'm I'm sorry, you are in the trades for the wrong reason, if that's why you're here. Um, Which is then... Reflecting bad on us women that are actually out there, you know, that are there to work and not necessarily flaunt their bodies all over. Kind of drives me crazy when the stigma of like, that's why we do it, to get the
2: attention and that which
0: most of us that are in the industry are there to physically work. We're not there to
2: just off, I guess. So uh, you're telling me that the uh the, the halter top and the and the extra tight, you know, Daisy Dukes turn sideways while running the grinders probably not the portrayal that you're looking for
0: no and that to me that puts a bad rap on us that are like here I am in a long sleeve shirt pants and seal-toed boots like what you wear to work in the industry <laughs> in trades you've also got to have some sort of like confidence as well which women if they lack confidence I mean me being a teacher has definitely played on that like my students know how to test my confidence and me being young, especially, I mean, I know I don't know everything, having some sort of confidence to be in the trade. So like you can actually stand up for yourself. Are you know, going to have those people that think we shouldn't be there? And we definitely are more than capable of being there. You're gonna be able, have to be able to stand up for yourself. And I guess if like you see that going on in the industry, someone trying to degrade females being in the trade, surely tell them, be saying that i mean just kind of maybe see their understanding on why they think that and then you could change their outlook on that females are more than capable capable to be in the industry i mean another idol i look up to is rosie the riveter and look more time the females were the ones building everything because the men were out fighting so it's just like clearly we're more than capable of doing it look back in history
2: I mean, there's that classic shot of uh, what was it, uh, Wendy the welder? or Woo woo! Mm-hmm. You know, woo woo because all the guys woo wooed every time she walked by, but she embraced it and schooled all of them on what was going on there. Yeah. But I guess I'll, I'll echo what you said. The, the standing up now, you know, it's it's not that guys need to like because I think sometimes the the opposite. It's like, oh, I'm I need to be the uh, you know the the protector or the the knight in shining armor, but it's more of a don't be a dick. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like treat, treat as uh you know, go back to the golden rule and how would you want to be treated and
0: mm-hmm. um you know,
2: act appropriately and you know, happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, cool.
2: here, here we are with, you know, females being over 50% of the population, but what, like 4% of the welding trade. Yeah. Very, very, Stop very going, Don't have any welders. Well, you got an <laughs> the entire industry there. You got a, you got a, a perfect pool to draw from. Yes. Figure it out.
0: <laughs> yes. Cater well, to then, them. Yeah. And then you've got like the complete opposite opposite of the spectrum. And you've got those those people that are like wanting to help with everything. Annoying too. Like I appreciate that you like that I'm there. But I also don't need you to help with every aspect of my job. I'm fully really capable of doing my job. If I need help, I will ask for help. But I don't need you constantly asking if you can help me the entire time
2: how to get more women into the trade and yes I think getting uh you know a list of the suggestions and, and what could be done we awesome I know for the girls that come into my program and the young ladies. You know that's and it's not just for I think sometimes people look at it it's just for the artwork or just for the sculptures and it's like, no they like, sometimes uh just, just based on sheer body types, the fact that you can fit where I can't fit might be a good one mm-hmm. and face it, you know. That old guys are not very flexible, so uh, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what, Danae? What is your favorite welding process and why?
0: My favorite welding process is going to definitely be TIG welding. Um, I like the difficulty of it. I love the challenge of it. I'd say, my favorite material to weld is probably aluminum. I just love that annoying alternating current sound. I hate it. I absolutely love it. Whole different animal as you probably know, it's, it's definitely not like welding carbon steel. Um, but yeah, I would say TIG welding as a whole is my, my favorite process and the one I doing the most. So. All
2: right. So if we're mostly. on aluminum or what, what are, what are we running and what are our settings? What are we running and what are our settings? So actually
0: right now I've got quite a few students running aluminum. So I've been welding that quite frequently here. Um, and so, I'm one of those. I like to set my amperage high, so I've got, like, full range on my foot pedal. On, like, probably 16-gauge or 14-gauge aluminum, I'm from 175 to 200. I know that's high, but I like that. You don't
2: want to push the pedal that far.
0: Well, that, and I like having range. You know, you've got to break that oxide layer, so I like, you know, mashing on it right at the beginning so I can get that burn off and just go to town Um, and then I like messing with my balance and frequency depending on you know what type of joint I'm welding so and I love showing I love sharing that with my students I'm like look at how much control you can have with your puddle just by changing those two things
2: what kind of machines are you running at school
0: um so we've got blue and red here thankfully and we've got aspects for the Lincolns and we've got dynasty 350 to 400 depending on how old they are okay So I'd say
2: top the line. But you're playing with nice
1: toys. Everyone, if you are looking to pick up a new machine, head on over to store.linkonelectric.com and you can use one of our promo codes, weld.com10 for 10% off equipment or weld.com20 for 20% off gear, accessories, and these are going to be good for the rest of the year. Again, that's weld.com spelled out W-E-L-D-D-O-T. C O M with ten or twenty after, and you can snag some sweet new gear at a sweet new price.
0: Nice toys fine, at nice. home. At home, I've just got a uh, Miller Multimatic 220, but I'm usually welding on thin material at home, and that does what I need to do. So,
2: uh, are you gas lens or, or standard collet on the aluminum?
0: Uh gas lens usually. Okay, it's usually what I got on my all the time. I usually don't switch that out a whole lot.
2: Fifty three fifty six,
0: forty forty-three? Uh it kinda depends.
2: Okay, depends yeah. on what you're making, I
0: guess. Yep.
2: Yep. You, you you like a little helium floating in there or just just argon?
0: Usually just argon. I've definitely messed with helium. Um, but usually I like just
2: keep an argon. You guys like cut and etch any of your aluminum to show the different penetrations or
0: uh we have in the past, we haven't this year. Um Okay. Uh, definitely would love to do more of that to, to share with the students. We've got more of that stuff in cause we were out. So we do more of that.
2: Show off, show off a little bit more of what's going on. Yes. yes. Do you find that the students um, pick it up or is it um, where it starts so cold and then it gets real runny real quick?
0: Like my students start on carbon steel and it's kind of funny cause you know, students will go in from, they get done with carbon steel and they go to aluminum and they're trying to add fill like it's carbon steel and I'm like you're adding your fill like it's carbon steel and I could just tell by the way the the, the you know the ripples look they're like oh, well what and so I'll go and show them how to weld it and they're like oh that is completely different they like they get on the hang of it pretty quickly but it, they definitely have a little little speed bump to go over you know after they come off of So and they get done with carbon or aluminum and they go to stainless, so then they're back to kind of welding like carbon steel. So we kinda kinda throw them through a loop there.
2: Throw, throw a little uh, little road speed bump along the way, a little hiccup. Yep. And and do you guys get into playing with the waveforms and stuff too on those?
0: Yes. Yep. Nice. Just a little bit. Go to yes.
2: Welding on the side, then you, you have a machine at home, so
0: I'm getting before I didn't usually have much of the space, but I did have a well Like, I've had a um, Thunderbolt XL, Miller Thunderbolt XL stick welder that I've kind of played with before, um, but up until here recently, I hadn't really had a space to build stuff in. I'm doing more of that now, which is really great. I'm actually helping restore a 1940 Chevy Coupe, and so... All of like most of the metal is completely toasted on it. So I've been going in and welding panels, and which is that—that's really fun to me because I'm TIG welding because it's all thin material. Yeah, I've been doing more on this side.
2: Are you running silicone bronze there, or, or is that hard wire?
0: To both. It just kind of depends on the situation, final or end result, I guess.
2: Plus, that it is if you gotta create something from nothing, or yes, yes,
0: yeah.
2: right. yep. Nice. Right, so, so aspiration you you trying to add some more credentials trying to add some more degree um, yeah so
0: I am finally up and, and am able to actually get my CWI and test for that so I'm hoping to do that within the next year studying and I'm getting ready to actually do a course that'll prepare me for that test a goal of mine um, when I went to welding school when I finished welding school I was like I'm gonna get my CWI but like Going to do it. And so I'm finally up with my years of experience and the degree that I have that I can test for it. So that's definitely one of the big goals um, coming up for sure.
2: Nice. Well, congratulations to, to even take that step. That's a, you know, in, in terms of the welding career, definitely a hard step set for mine. To everyone, you know, everyone I could ask that had became a CWI and had both degrees in mechanical engineering and he gave me the same response that they walked out of the tests and kind of looked at one another and said, I, "I, I don't, I don't know what just happened. I don't know where I am. I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know my name." I'm, and everybody was very nervous. Obviously, you know that the test has a high fail rate. It's um, after you take it, you understand what everyone's talking about. Yeah. Um, very, very. You feel very humbled when you walk out, going, "Huh, well, that was an experience." Mm -hmm. I have no idea how I did (laughs) to get your results. Yeah. And then, then you got that (laughs) wait time where you're like, well, how, how did I do what, what happened? How'd this go? You know, once, once you pass, which, you know, you're going to pass the first time because you already this.
0: Um, I I will, I will say being an instructor has definitely helped all of that knowledge because when it comes to welding to code, like I'm teaching my students to weld the code. So I know most, you know, most of like the things that you need to know and, or I can find it very quickly in the code book because I like to show my students like, Hey, this is what you need to weld to, or, you know, your maximum reinforcement things. I will say, cause I've taken like a D 1.1 roadmap course. I tested D 1.1 instructor that was teaching, uh, teaching that course. He was asking us questions and I could tell it was via, uh, via zoom. Okay. Um, cause you know, the lovely, lo- the lovely thing that's been around for the last two years, two and a half years. Me and another instructor in there, and we were at, like, he would ask a question, and we'd re- answer right away. And he's like, how did you know that? Um, I-, I teach my students that every single day.
2: This is, this is where, this is, we're not making it up in class. It comes from, and this is how we're using it, right?
0: Yeah. And then he'd like, well, you've got to prove it to me. Where's it at in the code book? And then you'd have to go through the whole thing of. telling the instructor where it was in the code book but i will say instructing has definitely helped get me prepared for me to take that step to take my cwi for sure
2: that that's awesome i think i think you kind of also have like a a leg up on the on the competition right because you're getting to actually inspect welds and and i know that part b is is probably one of the commonly failed sections yeah the practical inspection there Mm-hmm. because people don't get to take a fillet weld and a VWAC and a high low. Yeah. do go use it. And you've got, you've got a perfect pile of examples of bad welds in front of you to look at on a daily basis.
0: Correct. Like I look at bad welds every single day, I'm Telling my students to do one more. That's their favorite saying one more and walk away. It's like <laughs> I heard it. So the, the program I teach is the two instructor program and the other, other instructor is actually who taught me. And so the whole one more slogan to me, it was in my dreams at night when I was in welding school. So since I had to suffer through it, all my students can suffer through it. Nice. <laughs> it's just one of those things we, we get, we joke about all the time of saying one more. And then they no. have to do like four other ones after that. But
2: Well, sure. Cause you know, they lucky on the one and then showed it off and then went, Oh, will you sign off on this? And, and then they couldn't reproduce it again because the moon wasn't aligned and the tide was a little bit higher.
0: Yeah. And then we have to have that conversation. Well, if you're out in the industry and you can only make one good weld out of 10, do you think you will have your job? It's oh. on the shop? <laughs> Just like, oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah. Now, so is it is it kind of rewarding to be working alongside one of your mentors in the, in the field? That...
0: Definitely. And I think that's part of the reason why I came back. Because of how well-respected the program is and gained so much, like, me graduating with my welding certificate meant so much more to me than graduating with my high school diploma or my bachelor's degree or my associate's degree. Like, those three other times I walked across the stage, I did not feel the same as when I did when I graduated with my welding certificate because of the amount of effort it took to graduate from a very, very... Third nine month welding program, a sign of relief like a sigh of relief graduated with that. So I think that's part of the reason why I came back to teaching. Because you know, I said like I would never teach. If it would have been anywhere else, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I saw the opportunity here. I was here, I loved it here. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give it a shot. If I don't like it, I don't have to stay. But so far, I am absolutely loving teaching. I just love the reward and being able to help you know, welders, knowledge, industry, and to grow our industry. So like, I also like the feeling like I'm helping support the trades because I'm training people that are going to go out in the trades. Like, I feel like I'm helping. I love to help people. And I think that's part of the reason why I love teaching and why I've been told like, you should be a teacher just because like my entire life, I've always loved helping people. So
2: nice. I think, I think that's a, uh, common that happens with almost every welding instructor mm-hmm. I was never gonna do this you know 20 years ago you'd never tell me oh I was building this and I was doing that and I'm and then you fast forward and it's like yep I'm in the classroom and of course we get to hear the well you know those that uh, those that can do and those that can't teach well you know most, most of us teaching can uh, of us can actually do what ex- exactly what it is that we're teaching yes. Otherwise, work on our own skills, and that's some self-reflection that takes place.
0: Those moments, like, not every world is going to be exactly perfect, right? And, like, I'll have those moments with students, you know, like, a something, and, you know, like, part of it didn't go really well. I'm like, well, you don't do that because this is what will happen or what could happen or this is what it shouldn't look like, you know.
2: Well, those are those teaching moments when you're exactly. like, oh. Yeah, so I, what I was trying to actually show you here is uh, why all of this was terrible. Um, now, now I want you, and now you were able to see why it was terrible. So don't do that, okay?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. we, all, we all have those moments or those days, you know? We're not perfect by any means. So, <laughs> what would you like to add? If if any female in the industry or out there that was of the industry, I guess, because. I was terrified when I started, terrified. You're definitely going to have those moments, but no job is perfect. Like you're always going to have moments, like maybe questioning, you know, should I be doing this? If they continue to happen, then maybe it's not your career choice. Just take those leaps and try it. If you don't like it, always something else. Like you're not going to be tied down to that one thing the rest of your life. And if you are, it's just because you're afraid of change and you don't want to do anything else.
2: A set of skills that will go with you anywhere in the world you go, right? Correct. Up in the air or underwater, it sounds like.
0: Yes. Like I've told my students, pick where you want. Like the demand for welding right now is so incredibly high. So high. I mean, it's kind of scary how high it is. My students pick where you want to live and then find a job. But I always come back with this. Obviously not your dream job might not be in the location that you want to live, but there is some type of welding job anywhere and everywhere. Things are welded and people don't understand it, but like, just look around in the room that you're in right now or wherever you're at. And I mean, there's something welded in the room that you were in.
2: Chair you're sitting in.
0: Yeah, it is
2: (laughs) probably the chair you're sitting in. Fabrication and welding had some way to part of life there. Right? Yeah. Well, Danae, I think I think that was some, some great advice to to probably end on with this one.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, look forward to talking to you some more about your program and, and what's going on. Now for anyone that wants to follow you and and reach out, especially the, the women that want to reach out, how do they get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, so I'm on social media. I've got Instagram, so welder underscore Danea, D-A-N-E-A. Um, will find me, you'll see my sunflower logo that my good friend Gubby made me, who is actually a metal sculptor in, is it California, Arizona? She lives somewhere out. I'm pretty sure it's California. Don't, I'm sorry, Gubby, if I got that wrong. Um, but she designed my logo. So it's, uh, the sunflower, the state of Kansas, sunflowers are kind of a big deal. Um, and since that's where I live, that's what I went with rosie the riveter jesse combs tribute with a polka dot bandana around the sunflower's arm and a tick torch because that's my favorite process like i stated earlier so you won't actually see a picture of me but if you go to my profile i'm sure you will you'll find a picture of me but uh my instagram picture is my my logo so
2: excellent excellent danae thank you again for the you know taking time and, and sitting down to chat for a little bit or a little bit on everything about welding here
0: yeah, and I forgot to mention, if you would like to follow my school social media, so I have got a welding page for our program. Um, so it's NCK Tech Welding Technology on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. I'm on everything. So if you want to come find me, come find me. And if you want to have a conversation about the industry or any questions, my DMs are open. So shoot me a message. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington, and until next time, we'll see you out there.